0: from Blue Wire Studios
1: today. So you're ready for the August premiere.
0: What is up, Hardwood Knox listeners? I am Dan Favalli coming at you with a pre-intro intro because this is an unscheduled soliloquy from me, I have Mo Dakhil from Bleacher Report and The Athletic, also formerly of this podcast for our longer time listeners, coming on to talk about our biggest questions slash What are we watching for with each of the NBA's Western Conference teams in the Disney campus? There are thirteen teams, and we tend to go long all the time. And this ended up being a two part podcast, even though it wasn't supposed to be. So today, you will be hearing about the first seven teams that we're talking about. We are going in reverse record order, so we're going to cover the Phoenix Suns, San Antonio Spurs, Sacramento Kings, New Orleans Pelicans, Portland Trailblazers, Memphis Grizzlies, and Dallas Mavericks. The other six, the Rockets, Thunder, Jazz, Nuggets, Clippers, and Lakers, will be released on Thursday. Another housekeeping note, these were recorded before Eric Gordon's injury with the Houston Rockets and before... Michael Porter Jr. went all galaxy brain on Snapchat Tuesday night of the Denver Nuggets. So anything we say here was not impacted by by those events. We also got updates after we recorded on Montrezl Harrell um, and his status about how he's not going to be playing in the opener. We do talk about him a little bit, so please keep those things in mind. But I really hope that you enjoy this podcast. It was fun talking with Mo, and without further delay, let's get into talking about these Western Conference teams. What is up, Hardwood Knox listeners? I am Dan Valley, coming at you without my fantabulous co host, Adam Frommel. This time, super pleased though, to be joined by Mo Dakhil. He is one of the co-hosts of the Nerd or She Wrote podcast from The Athletic. He is also a writer for Bleacher Report, covers the NBA there, writes fantastic articles. He is also, I'm going to throw this on his resume here, a former official co-host of the Hardwood Knox podcast. And he's basically coming on just to prove that we've had some lineup changes in the past few years. I just need proof that I'm not impossibly difficult to work with because he has come back. So
1: no, I had, thought I thought I made the point when I was working with you that you were difficult to work with. I thought I was doing that.
0: Yes, but the fact <laughs> that you've come back now is proof otherwise, <laughs> which is the only reason you're here. That and to talk about what you're watching or your biggest question for all of the West, western conference teams in Disney Really quick, follow Mo on Twitter if you have not already, at Mo.keel underscore M B A. That's at M O D A K H I L underscore M B A. And last but certainly not least, shout out to our sponsors this week, betonline.ag and Deal Dash. You'll be hearing from both of them throughout this podcast. Mo, welcome back. It's been a minute.
1: How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. As well as we can on uh, in the situations we're in. Uh you'll you'll like this, Dan. I just finished a run. Nice. Theory. So, proud of you. we always make old days of the uh when I was on with you we used to make fun of me for my my working out routines. Well, uh, you went to Orange Theory like
0: 6 times a day or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, I stopped obviously. Uh <laughs> good luck Orange Theory getting me back. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, know, So, uh kind of mixing it up, getting my runs in now and you know, I'm doing all right.
0: Well, that's pretty much all anyone can say is relative to what's happening, doing well is the best response that I can hope for. So happy to hear that. Are you ready to dig into some actual hoops talks? It's been it's been a little refreshing getting back to that part. We're having basketball. The NBA campus seems to be going fairly well. There've been some chicken wing related incidents, but you know, sure, who among we'll us into. hasn't played <laughs> them that bad.
1: No, I I think they're they've done a, a really good job with the NBA. I'm dying to talk hoops i mean i've gotten to the point i'm having conversations with myself sometimes uh basketball is that really new though oh
0: okay got it got it,
1: got uh, it. no yeah no. Uh, th- there always been other conversations but now it's become basketball analysis with mo and mo and that's just <laughs> a weird weird scenario sometimes <laughs> um but yeah man we're, we're doing well it's, it's time to go it's time to hoop well we're going to start. We're going to go
0: in reverse record order again, like I did on the Eastern Conference spot I recorded. And that means we begin with the Phoenix Suns. What is your biggest question for them or thing that you're going to be watching throughout their time in Disney, which, let's face it, is going to be fairly brief?
1: Yeah, right. It's going to be about eight games. Let's just be and no shot against them or anything like that. It's not I mean, They and the wizard shouldn't be there.
0: Let's just that. That's just a fact. That's not an insult. Neither they nor the wizard should be there.
1: Yeah, it is what it is, though. I mean, some of that regional network stuff and, and financial things that come into play with all this stuff. When I look at it with the Suns, though, in terms of what they need, it's this is just more reps of them playing together and playing under Monty Williams, who I think has done a phenomenal job this year in terms of building the culture and setting the culture. That's the first thing you got to do, especially in a scenario like this when it's a team that's been perennial losers, you know, for the past, what, six years? Yeah, I'm putting it real kindly,
0: yeah. It's, a, it's closer to it, a decade, well, I think, at this point, basically. I mean,
1: yeah, you know, since the Nash era ended. And I think this is kind of those things. And I think this is just more of the same. And you know what? Give them credit, watching them in the scrimmages and stuff. They're competing. They're not there to take the attitude of, like, we're just here for eight games and we're, we're leaving. You know, they're they're coming into to play. And I think for them to get stuff out of it, I think it's just more reps under Monty's system. You know there are seven of the teams that are sitting home that are that are probably wishing they could play. I'm pretty sure the Warriors could care less about playing at this <laughs> point.
0: But uh, you, you know, basically, Draymond Green's mindset the entire season. you,
1: know, you, you take your shots, man. I'm, not, I'm, I'm gonna stay at that one there. Uh, but the uh, Suns need these kind of reps to touch on it, and I think this has been a. It, it'll be a good thing for them overall, assuming everybody comes out healthy.
0: What I'm really interested to see for them is whether Mikhail Bridges can be more of this offensive constant because the the dude is just a, a monster on defense. He's fantastic on ball defender. He, he I think his wingspan is infinity. I think that's just an Ish. approximation, but it's it's around that's there. That's
1: a scientific measure, right?
0: But if he can, and when he entered the starting lineup for good, it was like right before February. He shot about forty percent on threes, was scoring a little bit more. Um, his passing on drives is like sneaky good but can he do this consistently and in higher volume I don't think you need him to be the guy who's going to score off the dribble but if he is willing to put the ball on the floor if he's willing to take three-pointers and not pass them up I think that changes a a huge part of the Suns immediate outlook because Aiton's made strides this year Um, Ricky Rubio has brought some defensive flair to their backcourt Devin Booker is is just really good still. And so they have bridges. like the base of something kind of special there. And if you hit on Mikhail Bridges in the sense that he's not just this defensive specialist, but he's this impact player on a possession to possession basis on offense, that ends up being a, a really huge deal for them.
1: Yeah, no bridges. I mean, it's just because we know what he brings defensively. Like you said, he's a fantastic defensive player. If he can be even more than just a three and D guy that opens the door for this team to be better next year. You know, and it's tough. They're in the West, man. Like, this is a brutal – it's a brutal conference. And they're going to need him to step up. They, this is, again, an organization that's not always hit on their lottery picks. You know, and, and this is kind of one of those scenarios where, you know, they need into the, to get it going. And he's looked pretty good in these scrimmages as well. I, you know, he hit a couple of threes, I think, in their last one. I think, you know, this is the kind of stuff they need these guys – they need more the the reps of it is giving them these chances, and then it allows the front office and the coaching staff to evaluate more, you know, and 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 give them a little bit more. Now, granted, these eight games is going to be a small sample size, but it's important for them to kind of look into seeing, like, hey, look, you know, mikhail's he's developing, he's looking better, and things like that. And people shouldn't freak out if he doesn't in these eight games because again, it's a small sample size and it's a f- weird freaking scenario, right?
0: And look, they're at sort of this weird point because you don't want to end up where they're just not, maybe relative to the West, you could bottom out and try and get another high draft pick in future years. But you've already paid Devin Booker, you invested in Ricky Rubio, and like you're not one of the worst teams in basketball anymore. And this offseason, you don't have any, I guess, mission-critical free agents, depending on how you feel about Dario Saric or, or Aaron Baines. But like you're getting to a point where you need to start looking at, do we consolidate some talent via trade? You know what are we looking to do? They could be a cap space team technically if they if they wanted to. Um, Kelly Bridge Jr. is going to be a free agent in 2021, so they need to start making some kind of more, I'll say, urgent decisions with this roster following the the payment of of Devin Booker and Mikael Bridges. Is he a part of that? Is he not a part of that? And right now, I think you want him to be a part of that just because of what he does defensively. But you need you need to hit on him offensively too.
1: Yeah, it's I mean it's it's critical. You know this whole thing because it's just how much longer is you going to be able to keep Devin Booker there, right? Like, at a certain point, if this team continues to lose, Devin Booker's too good to just be stuck there, you know, on a a losing team. At some point, you know, and I'm not saying it's happening now. Suns fans relax. Right, he's under contract for four years. They could ride that out until the
0: final year if they
1: really want to. Yeah, and at some point, you know, if they're they're continuing to lose and look like they're not going anywhere for the next couple years, you could see a scenario where Devin Booker demands a trade. You know, and that's something that can happen. So, you know, they need to start showing progress, not just for everybody else, but to show Booker that like, hey, we we got something built in here. You want to be here for it. Trust me.
0: This next team, I would argue, has a much bleaker outlook than the Phoenix Suns, the San Antonio Spurs. What are you watching or asking about them? and, And why is it? Who are they going to draft in the lottery? Because that's where they're headed.
1: I'm watching their young guys because it's you know what do they have now it's time for them to start they're in the rebuild mode you know i think pop has even said as much uh you know i think it's time that they start exploring these things and you got to start figuring out what is DeJounte Murray i know he's coming back from an injury that he missed all last season you know and and we're starting to figure out who he is who is Lonnie Walker you know what is he to them you know all of these young guys that they have um Derek White you know all, all these little these pieces that's the the question for them and that's kind of what they need to find out and even in these eight games again it kind of goes back to what we said about bridges just gives us the, the organization more of a sample size in terms of figuring out who are these guys you know is Jakob Pertl a guy that we're gonna stick with for a while and it's really hard not to call him Jacob Puddle. uh shout out to the games of thrones guys uh a game of zones guys sorry uh but, like, you know, I I, I I think that's the scenario for the Spurs there in terms of what they're going to try to get out of it because we both know they're not making the playoffs. Right, and that was basically mine for them too. I just more so question
0: um, – I didn't even see that, Pop said that they're kind of sort of rebuilding. And so that, that I would call that encouraging. But I, I want to see how much they experiment. You know, you're talking about – I would argue um, DeJounte Murray and Derek White are their two most important you know, youngsters. Like, let's put youngsters in quotation marks – They've played under 200 possessions together this season. Like, you know, it's time to roll them out. I want to see, you know, I feel like I don't know enough about Lonnie Walker. Uh, I feel like he has the confidence level of someone who could be a a shot creator and maker on offense, but let's see more of him and let's see more of them together. I want to see the, I'm putting kids in quotes, but give me Jacob Puddle, Murray, Derek White, (laughs) Keldon Johnson, and Lonnie Walker on the floor together. Go really small at the four there. I don't care. Like, let's see that lineup.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's time to, for them to figure it out, you know, in terms of, you know, that they're in the situation that they got to assess now. You know, they're they're not a free agent destination. You know, they got to figure out what do we have? Who do we want to keep? You know, what can we do? Can we make moves and trades to bring in guys? Or is it time to just bottom out for the next few years and start compiling draft picks, you know? And, and I think that's the scenario that they're going to be in. And they're in a tough spot, you know, like DeMar DeRozan's going to opt in right? Like, he'd be no. crazy to, right. Yeah, he'd, be, he'd be crazy to opt out, you know, but now it's time to figure out, you know, what is the market for DeMar DeRozan? What is it for LaMarcus Aldridge? You know, if you're going to rebuild, don't half-ass the rebuild, you know, go be bad for a while. And that means also, and this is going to, this really hurts me. This is going to be a tough one, but it might, you know, pop might need to ride off to the sunset and it might be time to start making that transition, you know, in terms of who's, who it's going to be, at least if he's not going to r- retire, you know, name the successor. You know, so you can start sort of building it. It's almost like college programs do that, right? They mm-hmm. always have that coach in waiting, um, kind of thing. I think that's something that the, the Spurs should kind of consider. Maybe if it's somebody on their staff or if it's, you know, time to start looking out. But they they need to start kind of planning their future here. And I think we're gonna we're gonna start to see that happen in with the bubble and moving forward. And I wouldn't
0: be so opposed to Top, not even going to the lengths of naming his successor, but if he's willing to stick around or wants to stick around, like be openly willing to like this is a rebuild now. And they're they're at this point where I won't say it's super convenient, but Rudy Gay, Demar Derozan, Marcus Aldridge, and Patty Mills—they're all going into the final years of their contracts, and so you're not tied down to anyone with a warring timeline for too long. I don't know what you could get for those guys if we're talking about trades. I think Patty Mills is probably the easiest to move, but just. You know, even if you're sort of slow playing this a little bit more until 2021, you are reaching that organic crossroads. And at the bare minimum, don't steer out of that. Like don't try and double down and restart your your postseason streak next year.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, it's sad to see this streak come to an end, but you know, it it was going to at some point. And I think that's the stuff. And when you talk about those guys, you know, you can spin those guys off for draft assets you know, or a promising young player that you can develop. We know the organization can develop players, Mm -hmm. right? We know they can take in a guy and work on them, you know, and work on their game and help to develop them, you know, so they can take a project in or or two, or if they're going to be a cap space team, they can swallow a bad contract, you know, and and take and get a a very valuable draft asset out of it and things like that. I think they're going to have to start thinking that way, which is something the organization hasn't had to do in 20 something years, which is absurd in its own right uh in that sense but it's time to start kind of figuring that thing out. Yep,
0: I'm I'm totally with you. I would be questioning whether they can actually get draft assets for a lot of those guys like especially now we don't know how NBA teams are going to feel about spending money like what do you get for a LaMarcus Aldridge or a DeMar DeRozan?
1: Yeah, but I also think teams I mean I think th- I think draft assets are going to be up for sale. I don't know if you're necessarily going to get uh I don't know if uh you're going to get high value stuff for these guys, but you know, there are going to be some teams too that are going to be looking like, hey, this is an opportunity for us to win a you know, you know, improve our challenge champ excuse me, improve our chances and raise our ceilings. I was trying to say 15 words at one time. <laughs> uh, you know, and I think that was the 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 hope of where you'll be able to find a way to get DeMar DeRozan off your books or 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 Lamarcus Aldridge. It'll be interesting. And again, we have no idea what next season's gonna look like, so we right. don't even know. Cap situation wise, we don't know um, what what the season itself will look like. So who knows what going forward, what it is. But it's time for them to start, e- even in this uncharted territory. It's time to start planning the future.
0: Hardwood knocks, listeners. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over one thousand auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to dash.com and use the offer code NOX or go to dealash.fm slash NOX that's Deal dot FM slash Knox. D E A L D A S H dot FM slash Knox. Next team up, the Sacramento Kings. What are you watching for for them, or what's your biggest question for them in the Disney Bubble Campus, whatever we want to call it?
1: Um, well, the NBA would prefer you call it Campus, not Bubble. Just well, because it's that. not
0: it's not a bubble, but now that now that term is ingrained into my head because it was said so often at so, the beginning. That's-
1: Yes, yes, and it's just the visual of the bubble. Just, um,
0: and the NBA mesh hat, I think as Tom Habistro called it, it's just not as catchy, I don't think.
1: No, it doesn't work. I'm sorry, Tom. It just it just didn't get there. Uh, the, the way I would look at it for the Sacramento Kings is, you know, can we make a push? Like, this is a team that was rolling, you know, right before the, the shutdown. They were playing really well. They had a good situation going in terms of, you know, McDonavich and Aaron and uh, Aaron Fox starting, you know, and Buddy Heald coming off the bench. Now, Buddy wasn't all that excited about that, but it was <laughs> working for the team. And I think it was it was it was promising for this team. And I think this is something they got to continue to to roll with. I mean, they got to play with the intensity of like, hey, we have a chance to try to make the playoffs and break this streak of you know, what is it like 55 years of never making the playoffs? I don't know how long it is, but, um, it might be, I think you're on it, the lower end actually. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's infinity years. Um, you know, I, I, I think they need to kind of push forward with this losing Marvin Bagley, obviously really hurts their chances, but you know, they got to find that symmetry, uh, symmetry, synergy, excuse me. Gosh, I can't find words. I can uh, never fall, find. So you're fine. Yeah. They got to find that synergy amongst those three guys De'Aaron Fox, Bogdanovich, and uh, Buddy Heald. I think they all got to kind of find that way to, to work together and figure that system out because that's a team that could be really interesting in the future. Like, that's a good young core there uh, if Buddy can find a way to be satisfied as a six man. And, and one thing to, for Buddy Heald, because I'm sure he listens to the show, embrace the role, man. Embrace the role as the six man. You know, Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford have all made Manu Ginobili have all made tons of money and amazing careers out of being a six man, and this is a great opportunity for him. I think it's the perfect role for him, whether he likes it or not. Yeah, I'm like I'm along the
0: same lines with you. Is I'm just first, it was going to be Marvin Bagley was what I was going to watch. So it kind of sucks Mm -hmm. that he's not there. And I'm a Bagley believer. I'm I'm here for the Luka Doncic jokes forever. Just I'm here for them. But I think he can be a really good. NBA player, and I get there's some mystery about what's his best position. Can he keep up with fours? Is he going to get bulldozed by fives when we're talking defense? But I think he's a better passer than he's shown. His shooting at the end of his rookie year is encouraging to me. But now for them, I just want to see if they can kind of pick up um, where they had left off when the season stopped. You know, they were 13 and I think 7 over their last 20 games, and they had um, an offensive and defensive efficiency that ranked in the the top half of the league during that stretch. They were doing a good job of forcing opponents into – To mid-range shots during that time, and so let's keep it up. And now that we know Richon Holmes is is going to be there, I'm just fascinated by the four of Holmes, Fox, Heald, and Barnes. Um, That group has played only 519 possessions together, but they are destroying opponents with a a 119.1 offensive rating and plus six per 100 overall. And who can you fill that out? You know, looking at your fifth, I'd be inclined to go small keep Barnes at the four, go with Bogdanovich. But then what does your defense look like? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Bielita makes more sense, but that's not really going to help your defense either. Like, and there, aren't,
1: there aren't defensive options. Right. And so that's why I
0: like going smaller because Heald's a pretty good rebounder. So I, maybe you don't get killed as hard on the glass there. But that's just what I'm looking to see. And this this stuff matters just because you paid Heald. Fox is extension eligible. You paid Barnes. Now you have to worry about paying Bogdanovich in restricted free agency this year. Uh, we can't forget, particularly if you don't know what Marvin Bagley is. RaShon Holmes is going to be a free agent in sure. 2021, and he's on a bargain contract right now. This team doesn't necessarily have to worry about coming up on the tax this summer, but they're going to be awfully close moving forward if they keep this core together. And that's why you know eight games is not a lot, but you you want to see something, anything that makes you think you're you're headed in the right direction, and that you don't necessarily need to to break this up because I do think depending on what they pay. Um, Bogdanovich in in free agency, Buddy Hield, he's probably already there. Is going to be one of the more popular, you know, trade targets among NBA conspiracy theorists. Whether or not the Kings are actually shopping him,
1: yeah, no, I mean that's going to be a big thing too. If if he's not going to be happy, then they're going to have to flip him, you know. And and you're right, like they'll be able to get something for him. People will want him, you know, in in that scenario. So they're in that tough, they're in that weird spot too, though. It's like how much do you want to pay for a team that? some years is going to make the playoffs and some years not just depending on the fact that here's the thing. And this is the truth about the Western conference across the board. It's freaking stacked. Next like, when year, you were- if
0: you left it alone, every single team would think that they're a playoff team. I know that probably will change, but right now, if you look at it, like what's the team that's going to be like, Oh, we're, we're punting on the playoffs.
1: Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like golden state's going to be, theoretically healthy you have uh the pelicans are going to be better and hopefully have zion for the whole year blazers i think honestly when they're fully healthy they're a top five team in the west you know i think no that's not spicy that's That's a fact and i think you know across the board you have all of these teams that it's a challenging situation so now team organizations have to figure out like man i'm going to be near the tax and for a team that might be a seven seed you right. know like what like that's a tough scenario you know that's that's where portland is right now they have one of the highest payrolls and they're they're in the lottery or right now they're in the the uh, the bubble trying to get into the playing game they will be up soon though but the new
0: orleans pelicans come first uh conspiracy theorists like to say that the nba has designed this to make sure that the pelicans uh get their their playoff bid over the grizzlies I don't think that's the case. And anyone who thought that they changed the the quarantine rules for re-entering the bubble for, for Zion Williamson specifically, he actually just adhered to the protocol that was always in place. Whether you think that protocol is right or wrong, that's a, that's a separate matter. If you think it's wrong, I'm not going to argue with you. But they did not change anything to favor You're Zion right. Williamson. What is your – what are you watching for with them?
1: Just Zion. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know what? I'm watching for cohesion. You know of this team kind of coming together. This is a group of young guys, you know, besides Drew Holiday and JJ Redick. I mean look Zion obviously Brandon Ingram who's had a phenomenal year as a breakout star and and is finally kind of showing what he can do. You know Lonzo Ball's having a hell of a year. I think you know they have a couple interesting young guys. In, in Jackson Hayes if you want to interrupt me go ahead and interrupt me Dan he had a, we have video on and it looked like he wanted to say something so pop no, no, in Dan I was,
0: I was actually agreeing with you for a change because Lonzo Balls had a to me one of the most underrated seasons in the league this year
1: yeah and, and I think you know they they got to kind of see what they have with these guys and how far they can roll with them and it's it's cohesion it's can it come together I mean look Zion's going to love playing with Lonzo because he's just going to constantly kick the ball ahead. He's never going to hold on to it. He's going to make the right passes. They have a great one-on-one player in Brandon Ingram, who it's like, hey, go get us a bucket, B.I. Like, he's turning into that kind of player. He's not there yet, but he's becoming that, and that's what we're beginning to see. You know, you got great guards and Drew Holiday, you know, defensively. I like what Josh Hart brings to the team. You know, J.J. with his shooting. I mean, in the last scrimmage, he had a perfect third quarter with 20 points. Like, you know, and against the Bucs, which is, you know, granted it's a scrimmage. Still the playing. They were playing. Like the Bucks were playing hard and, and they couldn't stop him. Like that's just how good JJ can get. And I think that's the the kind of thing of like the cohesion of this team coming together. You know, they got an easy schedule. Like, can they put this whole thing together to build forward? The one thing that kind of as great as the net rating has been for whenever Zion's been on the court. You know, we we kind of act like the team went like seventeen and two when Zion plays. You know, they're ten and nine or eleven and nine or whatever. No, it's ten and nine because they only played nineteen games. They're one game above five hundred. Like we we got to see them start putting together winning ways, and that's the kind of stuff I'm going to watch for this team because it matters. Just not only just trying to make the playoffs now, but building it going forward. And I'm I'm very interested to see how
0: many minutes Zion logs because they brought him along like gradually when he first came back and you're restarting after all this time and he did miss some time on the campus with the team and so are they going to play him full bore like they're trying to get this playoff berth or are we going to see him like significantly under 30 minutes per game for for what's left of the regular season
1: yeah I think that's something you know I think uh David Griffin the GM said it you know, kind of like they're going to take it slow. I mean, they're thinking long term with Zion, so they're not going to overextend him here. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play in the the opening game on Thursday. You know, that wouldn't shock me at all. Having missed a scr- having missed a bunch of time in scrimmages, you know, th- that plays a role. And you got to get him healthy and right. And we all know that's a big boy, man. And I mean <laughs> that in the most positive way because he looks ripped, but that's big and he a lot of torque and a lot of like explosiveness. And it's easy to kind of overlook the fact that, like, you got to go slow with him to build up to that. And I think that's something that could affect their chances of making it into the the playing game.
0: And I'm only picking this because I figured that you would talk about Zion because that's what I'm obviously fascinated to. It's easy to forget because his rookie year has lasted roughly two decades. Uh, It's easy to forget that he's played in under 20 games. I'm, I'm just looking at Brandon Ingram. He's had such a great year, and I actually think he still might be a little bit undervalued, Uh, in the national consensus of things. And what I was most impressed but still am am curious about is how he plays as part of a larger team dynamic because I think he's always shown the flashes of being able to get to his spots, create his own shots. This year he's certainly a better finisher, and we've seen that he's improved his um, standstill shooting at the foul line and just from beyond the arc. Um, I am mildly interested to see whether he can add an off-the-dribble three, but what does he look like long-term beside guys, where many of them, I won't call them ball dominant, but they're going to need their touches because Zion, we know, makes quick decisions and doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands, but you want to give him the ball. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense to have him on the court, add in Drew Holiday and add in Lonzo Ball. And that becomes a little bit combustible to me, even though the numbers are so good. And his efficiency, Brandon Ingrams, has dipped when he's playing alongside all those guys at the same time but it's been high enough to the point where it's like, oh, this can actually really work, and I just I want to see more of it. I want to see if the numbers um, collectively support that. Maybe do we see Brandon Ingram play even better alongside those guys? Um, Do do we see them stagger him a little bit more to where he's running units, I won't say on his own, but where maybe there's only one of those three on the court? And that's just something that I've been so curious about since Zion returned, and we really haven't gotten to see how the Pelicans are going to handle it um, just because the sample size is so small thus far.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a it's a big question mark, but it also gives you know Alvin Gentry a lot of versatility in that sense of like he has different ways to play. You the know, and so deep, un- just so deep, and, and and that goes to to Griff putting together a, a really great roster in his first go around with this team's I mean first off season and he started to kill it. Uh, he, I think it comes down to you know he's got to find his way. To be comfortable playing with those guys and be efficient, because that's going to come down to clutch situations, right? Closing games, you're going to want Brandon Ingram on the floor with Drew Holiday, with Lonzo Ball, with uh, Zion Williamson, and you could pick whoever you want as the fifth person. You can go small with JJ Redick, you can go bigger with Derek Favors, whatever you want. Like, mm-hmm. and 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 the variety of guys they can throw out there. But you know, in those moments, so that matters for clutch situations. Throughout the course of the game, I think it's we're going to see a lot of them staggering it. And at times when Zion comes off the court, you know you're going to see Bi come on and and start to kind of all right now we're going to start running our Brandon Ingram package and start feeding him and letting him go and get get going quite a bit. So I think that's I think we're going to see more of that, and I think we have to because that's just you know they got a big question to answer here coming up. It's you know his contracts coming up he's going to be up for an extension i think they're going to max him i think he's a max player but you know they it's tough to to do that you know and if you don't think he's going to be efficient on his own
0: yeah and look his true shooting percentage with zion um on the court is 54 5 without zion it's 59 7 and so it's like again the, the sample size is just relatively small but i'm just interested to see what it looks like Um, extrapolated sports are back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events major league baseball is finally kicking off and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners bet online check out all the odds futures and props to bet on all available 24 7 and with the return of sports, Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Online, your online wagering experts. The next team up, as you already alluded to before, is the Portland Trail Blazers, who you said are basically a five seed at full strength. I consider that spicy. You do not. What are you watching for them? I think I, I said can guess. Top, I but. said
1: I said top five. So even higher. So they, could, they could they could even have been higher. Mo uh, just picked
0: the Blazers to win the twenty twenty one title. Just to clarify for everyone who's listening.
1: Sure. This is, <laughs> by the way, an old Dan shtick from whenever I would do something with him on hard uh, when I was part of hosting with him on a on hardwood knocks.
0: The only thing that wasn't exaggerated was your hate for the Timberwolves.
1: No, I, it's, it's still pretty strong. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, I, I think the blaze was the team. That's going to make it into the bubble playoffs. I think, Oh, I'll be honest with you. I, before the suspension, um, uh, maybe just before Dame got hurt. Cause he did get hurt, hurt his groin. I think a couple of games before the league started to suspend play. But I actually thought they were going to find a way to beat out Memphis for that eight seed. And I just think in this scenario now, they're fully healthy. They got Yusuf Nurkic back, and he's looked great in the scrimmages. They got Zach Collins back, and he's looked really good. Um, Slim Mello, I mean, they got you know a whole bunch of different things they can do. And I'm just telling you, you tell Damian Lillard, like, yo, you just need to win five Five out of these three games, I don't know if that's the proper math. First off, five out of these eight games, but I don't know if that's the proper math or whatever. Look, if you you can win five out of three, you're in good shape. You're in great shape. (laughs) Uh, But I think you you set a target for Dame like that, and he's going to do everything he can. Like, I won't be surprised if we see a couple of 50-point games out of Dame in this scenario. I think, you know, they're, they're the team I think most poised to really kind of threaten Memphis. For the bubble, and I know they have a tougher schedule. I know how all that shakes out, but I honestly think they're going to get into the playing game. And again, you just say, you just tell Dame, "Hey, just win twice," <laughs> you know. And I, I, yeah, and I think, and I think Dame literally is just going to be like, "Bet we got it, let's go."
0: I, I am in agreement with you. Where Damian Lillard, if you have him, you have a chance. That's where I'll land with Damian Lillard, and I don't really have anything to add of what I'm watching. It's the the return of Yusuf Nurkic, and then also Zach Collins. Something that still just blows my mind is that they've, over the past three seasons, they've played 231 possessions together. That's it. And so there's still the element of, well, how does this work? Is Collins, you know, he was shooting well from three this year, but that was across three games. Is he going to be able to space the floor enough? And then you said Nurkic has looked great so far, but, you know, is that going to continue? How's he going to work? Is he still going to do well in those short roles? How's he going to move on defense? And so... That's something to watch with this team, and I do think, I guess I've always operated under the assumption that it would take Nurkic some time to get his bearings back, but if he continues to play well, I feel like that does add sort of this new layer to the competition for that eight spot, because I do believe everyone's assumed it's going to be Pelicans versus Grizzlies, like that's how this shakes out. Now if you throw the Blazers in there, it just gets that much more exciting.
1: Yeah, and I think people forget just how damn good Nurkic is. You know, he was the second best player for the Blazers up until he got hurt yep, last season, you know, and he's a beast. And he provides so many different things. First off, he's solid defensively. He's a really good passer. He's an excellent screener, plays really well with Dame and CJ. Like, it just works around all around for them, you know, and I think that's why, you know, the the Bosnian beast is uh, is such a big pickup for them. You know, and I, and, and I think him getting these this extra time to rest, get in shape and and, and, and to just hope has mattered for him. And I think, you know, we're going to we're going to see them. It's going to come down to that first game of the the bubble because they play Memphis right off the bat. Right. Which, you know, you want to talk about the NBA creating some some uh, spicy games right away. I mean, that's one of them right there. I'm going to be glued to that one. And
0: look, I think some people will look at the numbers, and I've seen arguments where they think that Hassan Whiteside is just better, and there's, to me, it's just not even close because Nurkic just provides you with so much more both offensive and defensive optionality when you look at the way that he can move on the defensive end, and so this, to me, is actually a huge upgrade in the front court, particularly when you're just looking at, yes, Damian Lillard and Hassan Whiteside and then CJ McCollum, their their chemistry is fine, but Nurkic, aside from the optionality, that's like next-level chemistry.
1: Yeah. I mean, he fits with them perfectly. You can see the guys love him. I think they're just in a great, they're in a great situation there. Next
0: up, the current holders of the eight spot in the Western Conference, the Memphis Grizzlies, who, as we are recording this, John Moran appears to be dunking all over the, the Miami Heat from what I've seen on Twitter. So what, what are you watching for with them?
1: Uh, I I'm watching to see if they can hold on. You know, the, my biggest questions, you know, are, are, shooting. Do they have enough shooting on the floor? I think they have issues in that regard. I think, you know, as good as John Morant has been as good as Jaron Jackson Jr. is, I think they still have questions, you know, in terms of just a full team. And this is a young team. So it's hard to figure out how they're going to handle these, these eight games. Cause everybody's coming after them. You know, listen, it is a lot of pressure, right? You can just feel the pressure. Portland in the first game. They have, do they have New Orleans on the schedule? I thought they did, but I'll double check that while you're venting. But but, but I mean, you but you have all of this stuff. They're going to be watching the standings, you know. They're going to keep their eye on the scoreboard, you know, and things like that. Like, there's a lot of pressure that goes into how they're playing, and this is a young group, so it's cool, you know. How will they handle that, you know, unique situation? And again, I, you know. We don't know what Justice Winslow would be with this team, you know, but him being hurt is somebody else that's outside the, you know, that's off the roster that they were counting on, you know, and I think that matters. Right. And so, look, you can argue that you can't miss something
0: you didn't have or someone you didn't have, excuse me. And yes, that's accurate. But also you gave up two players who were a part of your team in Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder. And then obviously Iggy was not an active member of that team for someone I, I respect the thinking there, but like now you're missing these pieces and maybe it doesn't matter um, because now the thing without Justice Winslow there and his fit, I am I just want to see, you know, do they start leaning really heavily on Josh Jackson? Uh, is Kyle Anderson going to continue to shoot as well on threes as he's been uh, during, the, uh, during these scrimmages? Uh, those are all things that I'm watching and it's like life, death, taxes. Do the Grizzlies have enough shooting on the wings? That just right. seems to be like – the question with them. And so Winslow was a big part of that because he's shot, it feels like he vacillates every other season. It's oh good shooting season, terrible shooting season. This year seemed to be a terrible shooting season for his back stuff, but he's been hitting those catch and shoot threes. John Morant plays well enough off the ball where it'd be easier for for them to work together than maybe it was with Winslow and Butler because the heat were staggering them so heavily. But now that he's gone, it's just who is who is stepping up in that role or who are you leaning on more? And Josh Jackson's the one that I'm just fascinated by because he is on sort of this redemption campaign played so well um, during his time in the G League had some pretty good moments when he's played for for the Grizzlies at the pro level and so does he become like a big member of of this squad um, or is it do we just see a different version of of Kyle Anderson because they need something different on the wings and Winslow was supposed to provide that now that he's not there do they even have someone on the roster who comes close to doing that
1: no <laughs> <laughs> that is my point. question, though. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, it's going to come down to like you have guys like Dylan Brooks doing things and, and stuff like that. But, you know, that was the one thing we saw with Justice Winslow was like he could play make a little bit. And that's how the, the heat were using him. And we were beginning to see him kind of find his rhythm in that flow. And when people say like, hey, you know, you can't miss what you didn't have you know, they were planning on having him. They were planning on it. They were game planning. Like this was part of it. You know, when Taylor Jenkins was putting his rotations together, he was slotting certain amount of minutes for Winslow. So, you know, it's just one of those tough situations and a guy gets hurt and now you got to readjust. And now it's questions of, do you have enough? And I just think, you know, as great as they've been, I think youth is going to get the best of them here, especially with the veteran uh, Portland Trailblazers behind him.
0: Right, and like you said, they open up against Portland, then they play San Antonio, then they play New Orleans, then it's Utah, then it's OKC, then Toronto, then Boston, then Milwaukee. There is not a gimme game on that. And I think you can argue, maybe with the exception of the Spurs, that a lot of those teams are probably better than their records suggest. And I mean, Portland and New Orleans would be the two two picks right there. Oh, the other question would be, is Brandon Clark going to continue to make more floaters than he takes? That might be the other question is that a five and three sort of thing? Yeah. Can, can Brandon Clark continue to shoot five of three from floater range every single game?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, he's, he's worked on it, man. You Who knows, man? He's got a nice little game. So, um, you know, he's, he's had a really good rookie year, so we can't, I mean, shoot, he's going to make the whole rookie team. So you just got to move forward with that. Dallas Mavericks are ne- next up
0: currently in the seven spot. What are you watching for or asking about them?
1: I'm very excited to watch Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis in their first playoffs. You know, Luka's a gamer. I love Luka, you know, like I'm a big time fan of his. But I want to watch how he reacts when teams are able to sit there and game plan for his ass, you know, for for a seven game series. Like it's different playoffs to the regular season. You know, we coaching staffs or whatever one, it's like, hey, we get to sit down and dissect the team now it's a whole different scenario. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff in terms of they've had the historically high offensive rating, but you know, against the top teams, they struggle. And I think that's a situation when the defense ramps up. And it, I think a lot of it's going to depend on, you know, besides those two guys, you know, can Seth Curry continue to hit shots? Can, um, Timothy Hardaway Jr. Continue to knock down shots. No, you can full things? named him. You got to. you got to, <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you gotta figure the whole thing out there. And I think those are guys that matter, you know, losing Dwight Powell hurt Jalen Brunson, who I was a big fan of, uh, is a shout out out to my guy, Jalen Brunson, you know, who who did a lot of things on the court. I think they have a nice flow with JJ Barea. He comes in and kind of changes things up. They're a really interesting team. In that sense, but I'm just I just wanna see how Luca and finally Porzingis, who's been in the league for like five, six years at this point, we get to see how he handles the playoffs. And I think this is gonna be an interesting thing. And Porzingis has been fun. Sorry, this is a long-winded answer. But Porzingis, you know, kinda started out slow, but has found found his flow and his rhythm up until the suspension, you know, and they were doing well, even when Luca would go to the bench, you know, and Porzingis would would start to roam and start to hit some shots. So it'll be fun to watch them.
0: I'm convinced that you could give Rick Carlisle one starter and then any four other bench players in the league. And that lineup is going to end up being a net plus like the Mavericks bench heavy units just always seem to bulldoze opponents.
1: I mean, hell dude, first off, I I forgot to even mention, they got a great coach in Rick Carlisle. Who's always underrated. Nobody really talks about him just because he always looks like Jim Carrey. It's the only reason why he gets (laughs) mentioned. Um, But I think it, I think the whole thing comes down to, you know, can they defend, you know, like that's the other thing too, Dan, like their wing defenders are, Uh, you have Dorian
0: Finney Smith and then, you know, Delon Wright's probably their second best defender. Like Stephen Curry might be their third best defender. I'm talking wings specifically. Obviously you have KP or Maxi Kleba up front, but like, uh, that's not the best picking order to have on the perimeter.
1: No, it's it's tough defensively, and I, I I still think though, you know, they have a lot of offensive fire firepower. Can they defend? Because you know things are going to slow down too in the playoffs. Their teams are going to blitz Luca. They're going to pressure the hell out of Porzingis out of the rotation. So you know the they may not score as much. Can they get the stops they need to get? And that's that's really when it comes down to it for the Dallas Mavs.
0: And that's kind of my question for them is how far away from they are how far away are they from contention or to reframe it? What do they need to place alongside Luka to get there? Because I think you can go two different ways. We just talked about kind of the shaky perimeter defense personnel, but you're talking about the pressure that defenses can put on Luka when the game plan for him. Maybe that's similar to what he's seen in crunch time this year where the Mavericks have been terrible. They're 14 and 21. Um, their offense is 29th during those stretches, which is, look, small sample, yes, but you go from having one of the best offenses in NBA history overall to them being 29th in crunch time, just weird. And then Luca specifically, 41.9 true shooting uh, in crunch time, 17.1% from three. And can you create any more offensive variants to where he doesn't need to lean on his step back as much in those moments? And then maybe this is a question about Christoph Porzingis, is can he generate his own shots? Or can Tim Hardaway Jr. do that a little bit? in crunch time. And I don't, I wouldn't pick KP to be that guy. That would just be me specifically. And then I don't think you're going to expect THJ to be that guy either. And I think that then has to inform how you flesh out this team moving forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, they definitely need the second ball handler creator. I mean, that's why that there was, you know, early in the last off season, you know, there was talk of them trying to make a run at Kemba Walker, right? Like having another guy that can take pressure off, uh luca and that was something you know i mean hell dan this goes back to the old thing where i was like the Bucks should look at maybe getting chris paul on the team you remember that like hey that,
0: we were so far out in front of that then chris then the rumor came out that chris paul preferred to be dealt to milwaukee just an fyi yeah
1: no i know things that's all you know i know you miss me dan but like i know things i just have a, a sixth sense for these things but back to the i miss bag. you like
0: the ocean misses water Mo. No wow
1: wow oh man um can <laughs> anyway, we just please continue <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they they just need that next guy because that next guy is what kicks up poor to another level you know and Barea has done a good job but he's not the guy um he's not that guy anymore They 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 need that second ball handler that second creator that can create for others and themselves you know and i think that's ultimately what they're missing as well as defense on the wings
0: That'll do it for this edition of the Western Conference Questions for Every Team Inside the Disney Campus. We'll be releasing the next episode featuring the Houston Rockets, OKC Thunder, Utah Jazz, Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Clippers, and Los Angeles Lakers on Thursday, the opening night of this NBA regular season restart. Mo will once again be back with us, so I will talk to you all then, and until until that time, shout out on Mo's behalf to Jalen Brunson.